intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Hello, this is Marina, and I want to welcome you to Always Another Way podcast. I have a master's in professional counseling. I'm the Ippy award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life, and Nasty Divorce, A Kid's Eye View. I've been trained in clinical hypnosis, and I write positive divorce advice for the HuffPost. And this podcast speaks to outside-of-the-box thinkers and open-minded individuals. It's for those that hear the call of hope and always another way. And if you're very rigid and set in your beliefs, then this might not be your cup of tea. However, you should note, taste can and do change. And today I was scheduled to have on Johan Hari, who is the two-time New York Times bestselling author of Chasing the Scream and Lost Connections. And he was so kind to send me a personal email this morning. He is ill, and we're rescheduling for next week. So next Thursday, March 8th at 1.30 p.m. Central Time, I'll be talking to Johan about this amazing book. But today, you know, and I thought about this too when I was thinking about interviewing him. There's, and if you can see, and this, um, for those of you who don't know, if you're listening to this podcast on either SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, on the podcast cast app for iTunes, you know, there's no video. Right now it's on my Facebook Live on my personal page, and then it goes to live stream. You can also see the video. But what I'm showing in this book is I've pretty much dog-eared like every page. And that's what I do when I really, really, or when I like anything in a book, I put a little, you know, I have a way to do my dog ears. Sometimes they're big, they're little, they're pointing at something. I know what they mean. And I have a handful of books where almost the entire book is dog-eared. And this is one of them. And so rather than take up my time talking to Johan next week about me, I thought I would do a little personal disclosure right now about my personal struggles with depression and anxiety and kind of frame up where I went, where I'm going, and and where I kind of see this. And it's going to relate to this book. And you have a week now to go get this book and read it. So you'll be super excited by the time I talked to him. But the first time I guess I noticed that I had something that I thought was depression. I was a freshman in college and I remember, you know, I'm a pretty, you know, happy, go lucky, energetic kind of person, but I would just start like crying for no reason. And I remember one day there was this commercial on TV and it was a, um, it was the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, this Mormon commercial. And this little kid comes running in, you know, the door and is like, you know, mommy, 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 I got an A, I got an A. And then you hear in the background, quit slamming the door. And, you know, well, 
all these tears start flowing. And, you know, granted, that's, I mean, that's sad. You get the point of the commercial, the, you know, the kids, you know, they're picking up the bad things and missing it. But it really hit on something so much deeper that I didn't realize then. And as I kind of, you know, would cry at commercials or somebody would do something that just like semi touched a nerve and I would feel the tears well up and then I would get mad at myself because I, I didn't want to cry and it would make this internal struggle. So of course I went to the doctor and like something's wrong with me. Like my eyes are leaking when I don't want them to. And I don't remember anybody asking me, what's going on in your life or what has happened in your life? But just, oh, well, hmm, this happens. Here, take this. So I remember taking something and then, I don't know. Nothing's different. A couple weeks. No. Give it more weeks. No, nothing's different. Okay, try this next one. Well, at this time, you know, it kind of, it works for a little bit. But then it's just not working again. And now if I think back, oh, Hmm. What was going on at that time that it worked and suddenly didn't work? Who was I in a relationship with? A toxic person. But nobody connected that. It's got to be me. I'm depressed, but I don't realize that the person I'm with is treating me poorly. But there's, there's no connection made here. So anyways, he moves to Colorado. And um, I, you know, I go back along and then I'm depressed again. So I get another antidepressant. And this time, you know, okay, I feel better. Like I don't feel, I don't feel sad anymore. But I don't feel like me, super happy. I just feel kind of, and then, oh my gosh, I start yawning like every five minutes. So look at the thing, like, you know, whatever, 2% of the people get this constant yawning. So I'm yawning. Well then, and maybe you don't know this too, but another side effect of some antidepressants is like the inability to orgasm. And if you're not already depressed and then you're yawning and then this doesn't happen, that's not a recipe for, you know, I don't know, getting better. That's kind of a joke, but seriously. And so, uh, you know, and at this time also, I'm drinking like it's my job, you know, in college. And then nobody says, well, I don't know, maybe is excessive drinking part of your problem? No, that's not asked either. So I take myself off those. I don't like being a yawning, you know, zombie. And, um, you know, just bounce through life thinking, oh, it's, it's Columbus. It's where I live. It's the weather. This is why. But still... Maybe not knowing why. And then before I go on to the rest of my journey, I just want to ask you yourself to think about times in your life where you felt depressed or anxious. And then you can go back in hindsight and look at those times. And I want you to honestly see what your environment was like. Did you just have a breakup? Did somebody you love pass away? Is there addiction going on? Were you or are you being abused, molested? Did you lose a job? Any of these things, 
Or was everything just going really right in your life? I mean, really right. You weren't holding on to anger from the past. You weren't truthfully running for something. And just, you know, if you're listening, let me know if you notice any patterns or the people that you're around. And if you don't think people or toxic work environments can give you depression or anxiety, I'd also invite you to compare some of your own personal experiences because only you know for yourself what that means. And so I can tell you personally for me, so I'll jump back into that story after college. I, you know, break away from the toxic people and um, have a little more solid group. I've got a good job. Things are going great until I meet this next person. And if you've never met a narcissist before, and maybe you don't know what that's like, and in college maybe you're unsuspecting, as I was when this guy comes up to me and is like, Marina, oh my gosh, I have seen you for four years, and for four years I've asked you out, and you give me my number, and then I, I call you and you never go out with me. I just think you're so beautiful. I've always wanted to marry you. Would you go out with me? And at the time, had I been a, a little smarter, I would have asked myself, what was each reason why, when this guy called you, you didn't go out with him? There must have been a reason. But instead, my little injured self was feeling very flattered. Oh my gosh, this total stranger's like been stalking me for four years and wants to marry me. And how crazy is that sound that, you know, I was swooned by that. Hook, line, and sinker, get into this relationship that starts out really nice, you know, you're the most beautiful, best, per you know, all these great things, and then slowly degrades. Well, what comes back? Depression, anxiety. Oh no, this is back. So then I'm thinking to myself, my brain, there's something wrong with my brain. I've got this depression and anxiety again, and maybe it's, maybe it's the pill I'm taking. It's the pill that's causing this. I'm on the wrong pill. Or maybe, maybe it's, oh, oh, it's the drinking. Drinking doesn't help, but nowhere did anybody think to ask me, is the person you spend the most time with abusing you verbally? No, nobody asked me that. And maybe I would have told you, well, you know, maybe I deserve that because, you know, he used to tell me, well, your parents are divorced, Marina, so chances are you'll be divorced. And you know, Marina, people that do drugs like that, they're really lost souls. You're a lost soul, Marina. And just hitting on every little insecurity I might have. And then the mean stuff, and I don't even want to tell you about that twisted stuff because it's embarrassing. But, you know, there was my depression and anxiety again. And what's interesting about that, so I finally get the courage to leave this person, and it was... I mean, talk about a mess of craziness. I escape and wow, I'm suddenly not depressed anymore. I'm not anxious. My back doesn't hurt. And I didn't take anything. 
I removed myself from a toxic situation. And what was cool about that is I had a lot of great friends at the time that really came in and supported me. And that made all the difference. And so just another thing to talk about there, when you really think about your life and think about these things, you know what makes sense to you as far as your environment and where you're at. And maybe, just maybe, what you're having is a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. You know? I shouldn't feel very good and I should be sad if somebody's verbally abusing me. It's not a jump for joy kind of thing. If I lose my job and then lose a relationship, it's probably going to hurt for more than a minute. And then, and Johan's going to talk about this in the book too. But what happens, and then I'll get to the point of my healing path, is your brain begins a spiral. And that's when I'm caught in these bad relationships. You maybe start telling yourself, well, maybe, maybe it's not that bad. Or maybe I deserve it. Or, but they're a nice person. Other, you know, there's a million ways you can go with this. But when you feel in your body that it doesn't feel good, when you are about to be around a person and you feel tense and not good, that's for real. When you are about to go to work, and this is just not like laziness, like, oh, I don't want to put in the work. But if your job hurts your stomach and your whole body, Maybe it's time to examine what kind of toxic environment you're in. And let me tell you, the mental prison is the worst one to be in. And I found myself trapped there a few times in my life. And if you've ever been trapped in a mental prison, you know how bad that sucks. But there are ways out. And there's not just one way to get out. And so even though I didn't have a positive experience with antidepressants, I'm not bashing them entirely, but the research, like the scientific research, not the lie that they're spreading about this broken brain, low dose of chemicals, because we know about neuroplasticity. And at any time you could take a picture of my brain and we would see different things depending on what's going on in my life. Just like if you took images of my muscles when I work out and when I don't, we're going to see something different too. So maybe if we learn to trust ourselves and know that there's more than one way to get help for these things. So I invite you, and this book, Lost Connections, is going to just, it goes over, I mean, all the research extensive. He did just every good research on antidepressants, depression, went out into the world. There's just so much wealth of knowledge in here that you should read first. But the conclusion essentially is there's more than one way to get around this, and it is not a solo fix. It is not me fixing myself. You know, we can't do this life alone. You need people 
then you need true connections. And true connection is not just physical people around you, but it's people that hear you, people that see you, really see you, understand you, love you, and feel you. And if you don't have any of those people in your life right now, don't worry. Because there are people out there that will see you, that will feel you, that will hear you. We don't all have the same experiences, but a lot of us feel the same. And we've all been in pain before, and we all know what that feels like. And we all know what love feels like when that come togetherness happens and what true connection feels like. So one of the first things that you can do to get yourself out of the space you're in is to connect with someone else and do something for someone else. Because no matter how bad your day is, I invite you to take the opportunity to make someone else's day brighter. It can take you two seconds right now to smile at the next person you see, to let a car go in front of you, to tell someone how much they mean to you. So, the end of my story, of all these ups and downs and depressions, what I found to be helpful is of course I'm a therapist. I do love some good therapy. But trauma-specific therapy for myself personally, I did EMDR and something called revisioning. And if you look back in some of my episodes, I talked to Dr. Mark Ryder, who um, created the revisioning system with the Mirror Neuron Network. And that's extremely helpful. There's tapping, there's yoga, there's dance. There's writing, there's drawing, there's painting, there's volunteering. You can see a shaman. You can talk to somebody in your faith. You can pray together as a group, meditation, hypnosis. There's so many ways to find healing. And I encourage you to find those that make you feel good. And you know inside your body what feels right and what doesn't. So trust yourself, and you know, there's always another way. <laughs>